Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to another Bad Batch Season 2 review. We are talking about Episode 6, Tribe, today. We are going to dive in full spoilers. Before we do so, though, please hit that like button. Help us get to 30 likes on this video. Subscribe to the channel. Help us get to 1,500 subs. We're on our way there. Your subscriptions will really help us out and help us push our channel into the future. It's the best way to show your support. We will be doing predictions and speculations for the Bad Batch on Friday. We will be talking about the two-part mid-season episode seven and eight, so you'll want to stay tuned for our thoughts there. And then we do JFO live streams every Friday. Make sure you check those out. Let's get in to the Bad Batch season two, episode six. Uh, if you've been following our coverage of this, you know that since the first episode, we've been waiting for Gunji to show up and here it is, finally, Gunji, and we got a story about Gunji trying to return home to Kashyyyk, as, as you very aptly predicted last week. So, like, what were your thoughts overall on Season 2, Episode 6, Tribe? Yeah, I would say I think all the what kind of one-off episodes have ramped up into, you know, like, a good flow. And I think I really hit it on the nail last time. Like, they're they're not quite in a funk, but they're really really just doing things without real clear understanding but then there's a, the other storylines that have been there from the very start of the season and i think was pretty reinforced early on here with like echo and he's like he's still the growing conscious of like the overall clone story and here we got to see him kind of like push like hey hunter yeah imperials could be coming in here but you know, they the Wookiees were great allies and all this and that for the general clone army. I, I think, I think this episode is a strong step forward, and the implication of helping not just a Wookiee but a Jedi Wookiee, I feel like it's impossible to ignore. Even though this episode doesn't necessarily deal with you know the aftermath, what comes next, it does at least give you like a sense of like, hey. Some of those things that we want to have explored at the end of the Clone Wars with these characters that George Lucas had introduced, some of the unfinished arcs that we saw, not even full like Crystal Crisis, stuff like that can still be fleshed out. It might not get a full arc's worth, but maybe an episode can still do a good amount of justice here. And this was very clearly a repurposed story. I think the action was solid. I think seeing some cool things like Wrecker, you know, live up to his Wookiee brothers and imitate their voices and things like that. I, 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 like, I like those things. Again, I liked Echo and Hunter and that little aside conversations that they have. I like that, how that's building up. We, we've done something wonderful here. We've dealt with themes of colonialism, finding out your new home and embracing all those themes that are prevalent in Star Wars. But what comes next, especially with a mid-season finale right around the corner? This episode didn't push the show forward as much as I expected a sh an episode with a Jedi to do. I thought when we kind of talked about in predictions last week, I thought that this would be the thing that would kind of push them back into the Imperial scope is they're helping a literal fugitive <laughs> get to a planet that's heavily occupied by the empire. Like what, how is that not going to raise red flags? And it very well might, but at the end of this episode, it doesn't seem like it's going to strongly connect or that Gunji might be a big part of the show moving forward. But I enjoyed the way they used it. Obviously getting to see Wookiees interact with the environment of Kashyyyk never gets old. And we, you know, we get a bit of that in Revenge of the Sith on the water, but here seeing them 
really utilize the forest and the creatures within the forest and all of the kind of the, the jungle warfare that we get a bit of in Return of the Jedi with the Ewoks. It was it was very cool to see kind of what maybe a Wookiee version of Return of the Jedi could have been like. And all the stuff from the Wookiee tribe, the different tribal politics, the leaders, the way it all worked out and the way the Bad Batch dealt with holding the, the weight of the sins of the clones on their shoulders, the, the way the Wookiees don't trust them at first, the way Gungi doesn't really trust them at first, in the way <laughs> I think one of the more underrated and kind of sensitive moments of this episode is really when, when Gungi's sitting in the corner and Omega doesn't really understand why he's afraid of them, and they're not really giving her the full story of what happened at Order 66, but they're kind of giving her bit of the side part of it they're not really diving into the the dirty details or their experience with Kanan or anything like that and I thought that those were some really strong moments those those are the moments that really pull you back to the Clone Wars and and pull you back to the Fives arc and all of that stuff the tragedy on both sides of what Order 66 really is the action the lighting all of it was wonderful it's it's in the vein of the last two though where I'm wondering what the general reception will be for this because it seems that the general reception for amongst people have not been ultra positive for the last two episodes even though we both enjoyed them they don't push the story forward so how does an episode like this will it just be received better because it has a jedi in it so i wanted to talk about one specific thing here i wanted to ask your thoughts on when it comes to the imperial tech and the way they're working with the trandoshans in this episode it was really cool seeing them reutilize aats for like jungle Tra- uh, travel and traversal and teaming up with Trandoshans isn't I mean it's very imperial because they're obviously like almost as evil as you can get with creatures in in uh, Star Wars and they're blatantly like treacherous and snake-like but what were your thoughts on s- some of the ways we saw them reusing separatist weaponry here in this episode well I think it was really interesting that Hunter said imperial tanks I believe was Hunter when I heard, saw that I was like oh are we gonna see like the big rumble tank that's from episode three. I was like, that's one of my favorite, most underrated designs. And then we don't. We see, like you say, the AAT. And I guess it follows the principle of like an enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of deal here. They know that Trandoshans are like the natural enemy, evil, like demon spawn of Wookiees and their history and culture and whatever. And on a planet with, where a lot of these... I mean, the Wookiees believe in the trees, you know, they're the real beings of the planet, you know, we're just part of their ecosystem. They're the ones who truly will connect with this world and whatnot. Having the Trandoshans be brought in, expected, and having them flame the trees and raise any Wookiee on site, also expected. What was not expected was the AAT. And I think it's pretty interesting that Perhaps in the same vein of when Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka went to Onderon to train Saw Gerrera and his crew, maybe the Imperials are like have learned or clones have learned those same tac- tactics and it's been pushed up to a, a willing commander or listener. And they're trying to just minimize the tech that could be damaged uh that is theirs that is republic and taking what was always going to be the loser of the war and taking their technology giving it to those who can ease the burden for them like we saw some clones with them but primarily it was it felt like a very trandoshan led operation i i mean i think it's a nice touch we're still very early on from them you know transitioning truly into like 
the TIE fighters and all the more iconic imagery of the Empire. I, in my mind, when we talk about these outlier planets and whatnot, you use an AAT and the Separatist deck. You use whatever ones that were Republic originally for more important matters. And then whatever is damaged, you recycle and repurpose that into your TIE fighter programs and whatnot. And I think that'd be pretty interesting to think that, hey, like all these state-of-the-art items and technology and pieces came from a droid army and a clone army all kind of like pushed all together and turned out to become Imperial. Yeah, I think that's the one of the more fascinating parts of this episode is the way it kind of not necessarily contradicts things we've seen or heard before, but especially in Legends, Kashyyyk becomes the main source of Imperial slave labor, like almost immediately and not just labor, but also it's a major place because of the trees for factory building and, and production of weaponry. So because they have so many natural resources there, it basically gets leveled at one point and the whole planet is under Imperial control. And here we do hear Echo and Hunter talking about it could be heavily occupied by the Imperials or they might have a few outposts there, but they don't, it doesn't seem to be as fully important to the Empire at this point. And, and I think we can see that by the lack of almost like they haven't even brought new tech to these clones who are out here on these outposts. They're like, they're stranded out here. They're just capturing Wookiee but they're not really important yet this planet like the they're using aats they're repurposing things that were in the war makes it kashik a lot further behind in the like imperial power structure of importance than it is in legends and was kind of where we were led to believe in canon was something like life debt or other things that we've read about that have heavily mentioned uh, Chewbacca's past and Kashyyyk's capture. So I think that's about going to do it for our review here. Thank you so much for watching. If you haven't yet, again, please like the video. It'll really help us out and subscribe to the channel. Help us get to 1500 subs. We're on our way there very close. So make sure you're subscribing. Check out our predictions and speculations for episode seven and eight, the two-part mid-season episode, which will be out on Friday. And then also stay tuned on Friday for our JFO live streams. We will be live streaming JFO every single Friday. And with Jedi Survivor being pushed back, we have a little bit more time to finish the game. We answer your questions live. It's very fun. And if you haven't checked out my bookshelf tour, I posted that on Monday as well. If you're into Star Wars books, both legends and canon. Thank you so much for watching. And we'll see you next time.